0: Aaron, I, I heard a podcast where they were talking about uh, Aunt May in that way that you talk about Aunt oh my May, God. and I couldn't help but think of you.
1: Somebody stealing my shtick? Is that what's happening here?
0: Maybe. Uh, they described it as pulling apart a grilled cheese sandwich, and there were a couple other graphic terms I can't think of that uh, to describe Aunt May and her genital region.
2: Why are what? we having this conversation?
1: I don't That's know. So cool.
0: <laughs> and I couldn't help but think of you, Aaron. I do like a
1: grilled cheese sandwich. Yeah, I'm
3: kind of no. hungry now. No.
2: <laughs> All right,
0: I'm going to grab a drink before we get started.
3: Wayne, get me a sandwich while you're up. No!
2: <laughs> Hello, this is Batman, and you're listening to Funny Books with Aaron and Polly, the world's greatest comic book podcast. Oh, and Wayne, please go fuck yourself.
3: This is Wayne. This is Tim. And this is Andrew.
1: Very exciting, guys. Nice to have us all here. Five years running of Funny Book Award goodness.
2: Uh, well, would we really call it goodness? I mean, we've been around for five years. We can just say that.
1: Oh, no. This There is no higher quality benchmark than being acknowledged at the top of your category by the Funny Book Awards or you know, bearing the the shame, the indignation
4: of one of our worst awards. One, one more year and I can uh, I can get done with this Community Service Hour shit. <laughs>
3: yeah. Well, Aaron, I was shocked yesterday when I received that bottle of champagne and complimentary business card you sent me. I really appreciate it. I just run out yeah.
0: These results may determine what comics are like for the next year. I mean, look at the year that we gave out the best award to someone, and the very next year they got the worst award.
3: Well, I mean, I'm just saying it. Nothing's impossible, so sure, it may impact how comics work for the next year. It may. More than likely, it won't.
4: But whatever. You know. Look how action picked up his
3: game, huh? Yeah, huh? yeah, yeah. That was
4: us. After well. two
3: years of living under the our, our shame, he he turned it around. Yeah, just imagine if he
0: gets best this year, he would have best, worst, worst, best.
3: Mm. Hey, you know, was was it Barnum who said there is no such thing as bad publicity? Certainly, sure, sure. So as long as we're talking about him, I bet he's happy. <laughs> I'm sure that's untrue. Just saying. So because, because you guys are all here to hear about
4: the funnies paul decided we have to talk about some news
1: what <laughs> well, you know paul's funny. always beating us over the head we got to be current we got to be current we got to be topical stupid paul let's
3: talk yes. about
2: things <laughs> yeah let's talk let's, about things that just happened so avengers came out in theaters
3: this week <laughs> <laughs> no paul's all like let's talk about that thing we all predicted was going to happen six months ago Oh, yeah. Oh, 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 why was this my idea? Why do I get the blame for this? You get the blame. Because it was your the, idea. You're the Paul. Mm. You, made the, you made the list, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so
2: so this week, surprising nobody, uh, Disney, Marvel, whatever, have announced that uh, Star Wars comics will be moving to Marvel at the end of 2014, or you know beginning of 2015, um, and Dark Horse will no longer be publishing it.
3: This pisses me off, Paul why well because i'm loving the star wars comic that's been put out by brian wood with pencils by ryan kelly and inks by dan parsons and i'm afraid that when they switch it over it's going to disappear
2: well brian wood does write a lot for marvel i, I just
3: we i don't know i don't know if the licensing and property issue i, I don't know I, i'm just afraid it's going to go away in the transition
0: we may see dark horse go away in the long run of this transition ah, no dark horse will
3: be fine well, I think I think their bottom line will take a hit for at least a year. But they said, and you know, they had a release, they had a press release from from the president of Dark Horse, who said that they had several things they were looking at new properties for 2015 to help take the place of Star Wars. So I think it'll depend a lot on what they get to put out yeah. there. I mean, even with Star Wars, Dark Horse wasn't in
2: the top three. No. Of no. um, but know, they publishers. were growing.
3: They'd been doing. I mean, they'd been growing year to year.
1: Yeah, I mean, and the 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 most recent Brian Wood Star Wars series was doing well for them. And it's a great series. Yeah. Yeah. Now you know I'm torn because I think that Dark Horse just has done beautiful work with the Star Wars franchise, but on the other hand, uh, you know I'll be able to you know buy those star wars comics digitally
3: <laughs> when really? uh,
1: from marvel whereas you know because uh, I, I don't use the dark
3: horse app so. Well, and aaron sir they, they will also uh the new ones put up in marvel also show up in your marvel unlimited app
1: i know right right Ooh. very exciting
3: well and you
1: know i am kind of looking forward to uh perhaps a marvel special collection of the classic issues you know I mean I know that 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 Dark Horse has done some trade paperback releases of those books but I would love to see Marvel do one of their big premium hardcovers you know from the from the original uh Chaikin series
2: well I just hope Marvel treats the Star Wars franchise which I think they will with you know with respect and when I say respect I mean don't just you know don't just put the second bit people on it oh, you know started okay. off with you know put someone you know on the the top level you know put a jonathan hickman and a jim Chunk on a star wars miniseries or something like that you know you got to start off strong well
1: you know, i'm the, just looking forward to the inevitable crossovers you know with the avengers star wars and the x-men because it will happen sure and you'll have that that awkward conversation between quicksilver and uh luke
3: oh you know, yeah
1: hey you're into your sister too yeah
2: <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm okay i'm genuinely okay with this you know i haven't read i mean i did read the first three issues of that star wars series uh-huh um
1: and then you stopped I, then i stopped what the hell is wrong with you i, I did well, too honestly if it what? had been available digitally i probably would have kept going with it yeah and paul stopped giving me free digital codes so well, they stopped including them free with the comics yeah.
3: all right wow. well aaron you're off the hook and paul i guess you're off the hook but i mean I guess this is one time where I'm actually ahead of you guys because, for the most part, I've cut way back on my comic books. But every uh, every month or so, I go by Barnes and Noble and they have that rack of uh, comic books. I always pick up the new Star Wars. It's been actually extremely reliable
2: that is not going to happen when they go over to marvel skipping no, the not. next item and going to our third item because this is a perfect transition time for it you're welcome um marvel will no longer be selling their floppies in uh, barnes and noble books a million if there are even those around anymore or any you know direct market bookstores they they have they will be doing their graphic novels still um but they said the floppy business just wasn't lucrative anymore for them so you're only going to get your dc comics and I, even, even then, I would imagine at the end of 2014, we're going to see that that probably changes, too. Yeah, huh. I was, I was going to ask who
0: buys floppies in Barnes and & Noble, and then we find out Andrew does. Yo! I mean, like, if I'm buying floppies, I don't want to get them off of their shelves
1: because they're not in good shape. Well, keep in mind that Andrew has, has shared with us in the past that his local comic book store options are slim.
3: It's one, and I hate them. So
0: Oh, true. I have a lot of choices around here. But uh, yeah, Barnes and Noble is one I just haven't done. I've I'll flip through them when I'm in there for something I don't read, but
1: I I know that uh this is just nostalgia speaking, but I sure do miss the day where you could buy a floppy at the seven eleven or at the drugstore. We've talked yeah. about that
3: as a way to get new people into it. But yeah. it to it, it challenge Wayne a little bit, I gotta say, Wayne, my 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 issues of Star Wars are pristine for that I buy at Barnes and Noble. I mean I, they they are usually on the back shelf with the other dark horse books, so they're not in the front getting pawed at. But I mean, they're they're just as nice as any book I buy used to buy at the comic book store.
0: Yeah, see when Borders had them still before Borders went out of business, they used to have the spinning racks, and then they were in good shape. But the uh, the Barnes and Nobles around here, they're just in with the magazines.
3: Yeah. Which is where they are here, but they're actually they have their own little section on the magazine rack and. Like I said, the ones I pull off the back, they're in, they're in fine, pristine condition. Well, and I don't know if you guys knew this, but DC is current with their releases to, to the direct
2: market. Like, you know, the the books that came out this past week from DC are available at Barnes & Noble. I did not realize that. Yeah, it's not like a month delay like it used to be.
1: So, I mean. I hope and, that works out for DC because, you know, I, I think that the answer is more availability for floppies than less. But I will say, you know I've traveled a lot during the holiday season for work, and um I was at the airport and in the bookstore and uh was buying my uh, uh my uh diet coke to get on the plane with, and you know the the lady makes a suggestive sale and says uh." Would you like, you know, would you like a magazine or, or you know, something to read to go with that? And I said, and I, and I just for some reason I just said, well, what would you recommend? And she goes, well, have you seen our graphic novel rack? What? And she was looking at, I was wearing my Green Lantern ball cap, and so you know, she pointed over to the graphic novel rack, and I think that's a perfect placement for comics. It is, and, I, and it's not floppies, but you know, it, I, I I love that I got suggested sale a comic book. Yeah, but I was you know in what. A,
3: Airport in Chicago, and it was in electronics. I can't remember the name of it, but it was, it was focused on electronics, like movies, DVDs. But they also had a section, there's a small section of graphic novels. And I actually saw them, I was like, ooh, walked over and bought one.
2: You know, yeah. I would venture to say an airport is a great mm. place for a comic shop. Absolutely. You know, um you, you're going to be on a two hour flight, you pick up a couple floppies before you, or your kid, you know, for yeah. your kid uh, before the flight. It's not a $20 book, you know, it's a couple of $3 floppies. I think that's a great idea.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Hmm.
2: Well, it's a shame because that's not going to be happening anytime soon. but I mean Marvel it's apparently they're investing in their digital. They're saying digital is the new newsstand, which I venture to say is not true. It may have replaced the sales of newsstand, but at the same time it it doesn't have the impulse buy.
1: yeah, it's dest- you, you have to go there for it. yeah, it's destination shopping. You know, exactly. you got to know where, you, where you're going for that. I, I do think that the, the part of the answer, and you know, maybe with having the relationship with Disney as they do, uh, preloading apps onto uh, uh, you know PDAs, you know, on onto okay. your tablet because you know you might not go seeking the Comixology app, but if the Comixology app is preloaded to your tablet, you might check it out.
2: Yeah. You hey, know. you have an iPhone. Did your iPhone come preloaded with Disney as one of your favorites?
1: No
3: mine did uh. I think I think actually I think when I upgraded to the new iOS it suddenly shows up now
1: well let me look at my phone I don't <laughs> think it's there but I rarely use my favorites on my iPhone
2: yeah I, I, I noticed it I was like why would this be on my favorites it's not like I go to disney.com all the time
4: it's it's because of all the uh, little mermaid porn that you download.
3: <laughs> <Yeah>, so <laughs> yeah. so Aaron try this experiment with your iPhone okay <laughs> go, go to Safari okay uh, and then you know down the right little corner there's a little thing to open a new window right? Click on that, and then hit the plus sign. Okay. And see what you get.
1: Well, I've got a whole bunch of like MSNBC, Web Slice.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I have Apple. four. Got I've got four. I've got Apple, Disney, ESPN, and Yahoo show up.
1: Yep. Same yeah. here. I don't have Disney on here. I don't have any ah, of that on here.
3: It's weird. Yeah. I also
2: have Best Buy, Ideology of Madness, and the Bob's Burger Experiment. The Bob's.
1: It's important to have oh, the Bob's Burger Experiment. I'm hungry. It's alive. <laughs> Uh, it's um, it, 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 my favorite website. Oh huh. cool. wow, yeah. On my work
0: phone, I have Disney as well.
1: Huh. Aaron, you're it's, the odd man out. Well, you know, I think that what the man is watching you guys. That's why you've got Disney yep. on your phones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and sticking with Marvel and Disney, a couple of announced. Well, one. Well,
2: I won't even say announcements, but big. You know, pretty solid rumors this week. Um, also related to Marvel. This is a very Marvel-centric banter um, conversation i blame Uh, paul yeah (laughs) i blame paul too (laughs) but apparently marvel is pushing on to get an agent carter tv series out later this year perhaps as a mid-season replacement for the next season
1: well Uh, a a mid-season replacement for perhaps marvel agents of shield
2: (laughs) (laughs) i doubt that they had a
0: pretty big rating bump at the end of the season
3: wayne cole marvel apologist (laughs) <laughs> well, don't they also have a second guaranteed season in the contract? Yes. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: So Agent Carter, you know, if you have, have – has anyone actually seen the Agent Carter mit- or short
0: yet? I'm not. It's, I haven't. I've heard it's really good though.
2: Yeah, it's actually quite good. It, I think it's on the Iron Man 3 uh, DVD and Blu-ray. Um, and so there, it, it's Agent Carter post the events uh, – Peggy, Peggy Carter post the events of – um captain america the first avenger and uh just basically how she is the first super spy you know that starts up shield and blah 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 um i i, I enjoyed the mini and uh I, I would actually enjoy a tv series i think i, I think it, it there's a lot of uh, a lot of good that could come out of there you know like a perhaps like an
1: alias set in the 60s that kind of thing mm. or 50s i guess yeah I'd, I'd watch it i'd you know i'd watch it yeah and I, remember, I, I, I give Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. some crap, but it really has improved. I'll, I'll, I, I, that, I have not caught back up.
2: I don't know if I will. We'll see. But um, another rumor on the, the Pike is that uh, Guardians of the Galaxy will become an animated series. And they're crazy if they
1: don't do that. Well, it depends on how the movie does, I'd imagine. Yeah, but I would think that uh... – that, I number one, the movie's going to be huge. It's just going to be huge. And two, I think that these characters really do lend themselves to an animated series. Rocket Raccoon is
2: a
0: license to print money for kids.
2: Absolutely. Well, Did you guys see the uh, picture that they released? They released the first official official photo of Guardians of the Galaxy. It doesn't Rocket yeah.
3: look great? He, he does. does. Yeah. You know, I didn't really care for Star-Lord having the shorty jacket. I liked it better when he had, like, the mid-thigh jacket. Yeah. You don't like the Michael Jackson jacket? No, my buddy Uri and I, he actually brought this picture to my attention on on Wednesday, and and we were looking at it. And I gotta say, I don't I don't care for the Michael Jackson uh, jacket. Yeah, I'm not I'm not
2: a fan of it. But I don't I'm not really familiar with this guy, Chris Pratt, the one they hired. Yeah, to Starwell. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everyone else in the cast, I'm familiar with. I know, you know, um, the girl who plays uh, Gam- Gamora. Yeah, Gamora. It doesn't Drax look awesome? He does, yeah. look awesome. And even Groot. <laughs> oh, Groot yeah. looks great, you know Groot and, does look great, and, and you know he doesn't look c g which is nice, but he is i mean obviously,
1: but it's it's really <laughs> obviously, no. oh no, that's a guy it could be a costume, that's the same He's, guy who played Treebeard. same guy.
3: See, this actually came out of a Soviet-era lab from the Cold War. They were trying yes. to evolve intelligent trees, and this was the result. That's right.
0: Yeah, the poor guy has nothing he can do for a living. He just occasionally gets a movie.
1: Well, I, I, uh, I've i heard some, some of the advanced reviews of uh, Groot's performance, and I'm hearing Wooden.
4: <laughs> oh, oh, yeah it is Why? it is
1: a bit stiff from what i hear
4: yeah oh, oh my god guys, <laughs> no, he's, 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 he's rooted in the theater community oh. so that's deep roots deep roots <laughs> so I am editing all of this out so
1: <laughs> the uh the guardians <laughs> picture is huge paul but there's even bigger news this week what? and it's about jim starlin you know we knew jim starlin was going to do a thanos uh, story, and now we know that it's going to be the infinite revelation. Who's Shut Jim Starlin? I'm sorry, okay. what was that? Who's Jim Starlin?
3: Seriously? <laughs> no, not seriously. <laughs> <I just didn't laughs> yeah. You're talking to me? <laughs> You're talking on my podcast? <laughs> I just wanted to get your adrenaline going, Aaron. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, I am I am so stoked that Starlin is doing this original graphic novel. It's gonna be like a hundred pages of uh, Thanos excellence. We've even gotten to see a couple of pages online. Uh, it, it, boy, it looks beautiful.
2: Yeah, it, I, I love Jim Starlin, and yeah. of course I love Thanos. And supposedly this takes place in continuity. I yeah. don't. I mean, which does I like guess kind of show where they're going with the Thanos thing. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jonathan Hickman's doing but I mean I'm excited about it I think it's great
1: yeah I'm terribly excited about it and uh, you know if you go back and listen to our interview with Jim Starlin you know he makes the comment that he'll never work for Marvel again (laughs) and it just goes to show you never say never again (laughs) you know because you know I I think that uh, you know temper's cool personalities change and uh, you know, he
0: needed to eat and they gave him a paycheck
1: well and I mean well, keep in mind, you know, he invented the Thanos character. Thanos is figuring prominently in the Marvel uh, movie universe. So, uh, no, I, I think this makes sense, and I'm, I'm excited about it. My only disappointment. I'm sorry, Tim. I was
2: going to say, never underestimate the power of a fat check. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I, I love Starlin's art, but my only disappointment is that it's not drawn by either George Perez or Ron Lim. Yeah, Ron Lim would be great. Oh man, Ron Lim—that guy. I mean, I think he still does like the
1: Marvel movie comics, which I don't buy. But I, I would love to get that guy on a monthly book that I read again. Yeah, and particularly a Cosmic book because I enjoyed him so much on Silver Surfer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and even X Men twenty nine when twenty ninety nine when he was doing that. Yeah, agreed. Oh man, that guy's great. Okay, so that's big news. But I gotta say, there's even bigger news. What? Huge news. World-shattering news. Paul is coming to town.
3: Oh. <gasps> Woo! Woo! Hell yeah! Yeah. Paul's. Dad's, to- Dad's hide your children and lock up your liquor. <laughs> <laughs> Polly's
1: coming to to Dallas uh, for the Sci-Fi Expo in February. I am as excited as I can be schedule your autograph and photo session now <laughs>
2: um yeah so uh jake Eges talked me into it <laughs> on twitter um the dallas sci-fi expo first weekend in february uh, i'm going um and i'm really excited about it because they're going to have uh, a couple of folks that i'd really love to meet um including <laughs> a very odd choice here but he's one of the ones i'm most excited about richard dreyfus is gonna be there um but so is Stephen Amell from Arrow, uh, Carl Urban from Judge Dredd and uh, Star Trek Into Darkness, Alice Eve from Star Trek Into Darkness, Peter Weller from RoboCop and Star Trek Into Darkness, um, Karen Gillan from Doctor Who is going to be there as well. So, well,
1: And the ones that I'm very excited about is Lee Majors and uh, uh, Lindsay Wagner, the $6 million man and bionic woman respectively. Uh, we'll be there. So, and Paul reveals to me yesterday, you know, uh, Aaron, I, I've got an awkward confession to make. Uh, I've never watched an episode of the Six Million Dollar Man, and so Paul has ha- is having to come in a day early so that we can watch a Six Million Dollar uh, Man marathon together.
0: So, Aaron, I'm going to make a suggestion for you. Yes, sir. You've started your collection of characters with cigars. Uh huh. Commission someone to do a Six Million Dollar Man smoking a cigar and then get lee majors to sign it it's not a bad idea
2: it's not a bad idea
1: it's not a bad idea
0: i mean where else can you get that both of those in one place
1: that is uh that is not a bad idea at all thank you wayne i think i will actually do that Hmm.
2: now the uh the comic uh you know the the artist guests or the comic related guests are you know it's it's a sci-fi expo so there, there aren't as many but they do have um some, some interesting folks. Cully Hamner is going to be there. Uh, Brian Stelfreeze. Kevin uh, McGuire. Mm-hmm. Chris Sprouse. Howard Chaykin. We can Oh, we can get Howard Chakin to sign your copy of Black Kiss, uh, Christmas Special. <laughs> um, <laughs> Bill Sinkevich And, of course, I, I, I believe he brought it up because uh, um, Knights of Rainsboro artist Jake Ekis will be there. That is correct. With the Saints of Rainsboro print. Ooh, very exciting. Yeah. Very exciting.
0: Well, I think you should commission him to have Ricochet wearing a Superman shirt
2: because
0: he is the fan favorite.
1: I was about to say, why would I get Ricochet? <laughs> fan favorite and leader of the team. Don't forget that. You well, go. you know, it, before we leave the subject of Six Million Dollar Man, uh, Dynamite Comics is coming out this year with season five of the Six Million Dollar Man in comic book form. So, you know, uh, Six Million Dollar—I'm sorry, season six because it ran for five seasons. Uh, so they're going to continue on with the TV show continuity in the comics, which I'm very excited about.
2: How did you just backdoor a six million dollar man conversation into this podcast? Well, you know, you're not going to do it. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> OK, well, I will get caught up when well, I, I won't watch all four seasons, but I I, I, you will watch all five seasons. <laughs> but I'm excited about coming to Texas next month um, and I'm excited. I, 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 it may be odd, but the, the main reason I'm going, I, I would love to meet the guy from Arrow. I'm a little disappointed because you can't pre schedule your photo op with him like you can with all the other folks I mentioned. Nope. Um, which means, and he's there Saturday only, which means line. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I will wait in that line. You slip him a business card, Paul. You do that,
1: damn it. I will. I will. He seems very active on, well, on the, the internets. Paul and I have already had the conversation that every celebrity we meet, we're going to try and get him to do the, hi, I'm Lee Majors, and you're listening to Funny Books Third and Polly. Nice. So yeah. We're going to walk around with our little digital recorders, and it'll probably just be us talking to random guy in line. Hi, I'm Smarty McFly, and <laughs> and boy, do my feet
2: hurt. <laughs> 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 uh, good times So, uh, well, let's let's get to what we came here to record today Which is our fifth annual Funny Book Awards And we are going to start with uh, an actual uh, a suggestion from one of our Funny Books listeners Why? Uh, because we're nice like that oh, and, cool and to get it out of the way All right. um, <laughs> So we are going to start with the Stephanie Brown Spoiler Award Oh, can I do it? Best award name ever. <laughs> yes, Tim, you can do it. <laughs> spoiler. <laughs> Which is what it was our favorite spoiler, well, or least favorite, um, just the biggest spoiler of the year for us. And so, you know, we, we thought long and hard. And unfortunately, it's kind of one of those things that spoilers are kind of the norm <laughs> when you read comics nowadays, because anything big that happens, it's kind of spoiled months ahead of time. But Tim did not get that memo, and Tim has his biggest spoiler of the year.
4: Uh, yeah, so um, Aaron talked me into reading the Sons of Anarchy book, um, uh, issue one, and I had been a couple seasons behind on Sons of Anarchy. So in fairness, it's it's mostly my fault, but you know that's how it is. And so reading it, I was spoiled on two major points that happened during season four, and I don't. Are we supposed to use the spoil in the spoiler award, Paul? Absolutely.
2: Yeah. I think Absolutely. yeah. I think that goes with the spirit of the award.
4: All right. Well, um, I the first thing that I found out was that um, Opie had died in season four because he was no longer around.
1: And, and that was heartbreaking, by the
4: way. That, that, I really wish I didn't know that was coming. Yeah.
1: Yeah, <laughs> uh, 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 probably, probably one of the most heartbreaking moments in the history of that TV show. That was
4: rough. Yeah. But in the comic book, he just doesn't show up, and they mention that he died. And I'm like, oh. And the second thing was that Clay was no longer in charge of the uh, of the club, and I didn't know that either. Yeah. yeah. So one comic spoiled two years of me not paying not attention to internets. And so for that reason, it gets the Stephanie Brown Spoiler Award.
1: And while I wasn't spoiled, I feel Tim's pain and support this award. <laughs> well, so I think that uh, – I, I don't think there's
2: anything that can quite qualify uh, on that level. So uh, the Stephanie Brown Spoiler Award goes to Sons of Anarchy 1 from Boom Studios. Absolutely. Woo! 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 Winner. Woo! Winner, winner, Funny Books Dinner. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I can only assume a Funny Books Dinner would be Mexican. At Chicas Locas?
1: Chicas Locas!
3: Somewhere in the greater DFW uh, Metroplex area. Aaron, are we going there?
1: We are totally going to Chicas Locas! Are we going to bring Richard Dreyfuss with us? We'll bring Richard Dreyfuss with us and (laughs) the majors. Road trip,
2: guys!
4: (laughs) Uh, Oh, man, that's a a movie waiting to happen. (laughs) It's What's so over someone having to pee in that car trip like 20 minutes?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Every 20 minutes.
4: Uh, so our next
2: award is for best movie or TV show based on a, po- on a comic book. And so uh, Wayne, why don't you start us off on this one? All right. So
0: I struggle between two here, one being a movie and one being a TV show. The movie for me obviously is Man of Steel tv show would be arrow because arrow has just been so good this season and uh i ended up going with man of steel for this because basically because it was only out this year and arrow was really good last year too
2: all right well that's a that's a good one uh i i i i would have to say i agree with wayne uh surprising no one man of steel was my uh was my favorite of the year as well. I, 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 I had a close second though. It was almost a tie, which was um, Batman, The Dark Knight Returns, Part Two. Hmm. Uh, the, and it's a you know a direct to D V D animated movie, but yes, it is that good. And it it, it really was a was a close second. But I, I ended up going with Man of Steel.
3: Well you know, I did not consider Arrow as a candidate since it was since the series started in 2012. I didn't, I, I left it out. And I, Man of Steel was a strong contender for me, guys. I, I thought about it. I really enjoyed it. I, it was tough, but I went with something I think Tim's gonna like. I went with Thor two. I found it better, superior to the first Thor. Uh, it, it was everything I enjoyed plus more, and I just thought it was a fantastic movie.
4: Oh, Andrew, you're reading my list, man. I love it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so, so t- t- tell me, wax on about Thor two for me, Tim. Wax yeah, on about Thor two. Uh, a lot more action than the first
4: one. Um, you still had the comedy moments that I, I I loved. You incorporated those into the actual fight scenes, which is not easy to do. And Loki just chewed the screen. I oh, loved oh, it.
3: Yeah, Loki was fantastic.
4: Yeah. So for every for every reason you you said and more, Thor two. I
1: uh I I I can't vote on Thor two because I didn't see it. What uh, the? I know, what right? The? I haven't seen Aaron. it. Yet. I'm sorry. Oh man. But so uh, it's a, we have a tie. Let's see, Aaron. Um, and I would I thought real hard about Man of Steel, but while I enjoyed the movie and I think it did a great job in planting DC's you know cinematic universe flag. Uh, apart from the Dark Knight movies, um, I, I, I really do feel that the best comic book property on television uh, this year was Green Lantern, the animated series. Um, I, oh. I, it took me a while to warm up to the animation style, um, but unlike Man of Steel – I think that it remained true to the character, to the core of the character. The character was heroic. Um, I feel like it was uh, – it wasn't just overblown. Um, I liked the kind of stories it told. It told unusual stories, not stories that we've seen before. It made Green Lantern a science fiction character beyond just being a superhero. And I dug those stories. In fact, you know, it breaks my heart that the show got canceled. So I'm going to leave you guys in a tie because I'm voting for Green Lantern, the animated series. That's actually a really good choice, Aaron. I-
2: I'm, I'm not switching mine,
1: uh-huh. but it's a good choice. So for best TV
2: movie, best TV show or movie, we have a tie between Man of Steel and Thor: The Dark World. You know, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, you know what? Uh, uh, as long
1: as Iron Man three didn't win, I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I really enjoyed Iron Man three, but I don't think it was the best, you know, comic book property yeah. after this year.
3: Agreed. No, no, yeah. it was. It was not bad.
1: But you know, I do think that a, that a lot of my enjoyment was by the fact that I saw it with so many of my
3: friends. And, and you are in a recliner drinking alcohol.
1: That's right. Yeah.
0: That was probably one of my big surprises of the years. I really enjoyed Iron Man three, but I rank it like third or fourth down the movie chain because uh, the Wolverine was much better in my opinion.
1: Oh, and I agree. I thought the Wolverine was an excellent movie. I got to see this movie. I, I know rather a lot.
2: We almost could have done a best video game award this year, but <laughs> we,
3: know who, we know who we know who would have won.
2: Well, we have three video games, right? We've got Lego... Well, four. We've got Lego Marvel, Young Justice, Arkham Origins, and um,
3: Injustice. All right, what's your pick, Paul? Mine would have been Arkham Origins, I think. Uh, Aaron? Injustice. Uh, Wayne? Lego Marvel. Tim? Haven't played any of them. And I would have gone with Injustice.
2: Injustice wins! (gasps) Woo!
0: The only reason I couldn't vote for Injustice, because as much as I, I love the comic, I haven't played the game. And the same thing for Young Justice. I think it's probably going to be incredible based on the writing, but I haven't played it yet, so I couldn't vote for it.
2: Fair well, enough. We, so, so we, we've, we found a way to give out an award. Injustice, God's Among Us, Best Comic Book Video Game of the Year. Woo! 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 What did that right? <laughs> um, <laughs> So for our next award... We are going to talk about the comic that most improved this year. Um, you know, I, I, I'm looking at last year's most improved comic book, Did we, and it was Justice League Dark from Jeff Lemire.
3: Oh, easily, yeah, because it was so. I mean, it started out so bad, yeah, and then well, Jeff Lemire and, took over and it got so much better. Yeah, so that's the that's
2: the idea behind this award, you know, a, 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 a comic that previously we may not have even read, but really turned it around. Yeah,
1: I have so it. I you have it? it. I have it. All okay. right. Well, you go ahead. Action Comics. All right. Greg Pak, uh, you know, coming in at the end of the year and starting to write Action Comics. And granted, there's not a lot there in terms of uh, of uh, you know many issues. I mean, I think it was it one or two? But he – it is such a turnaround from the crap we were getting. Yeah, I completely agree with you, Aaron. I uh, I would say
0: Action Comics was the most improved. It's just – it's hard to give it to it when it's only been yeah, one or issue. two issues.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: But those one or two issues have been drastic
2: improvements over what we were getting. Yeah. Tim, did you have a most improved comic this year?
4: You know, I do but it's it doesn't it doesn't really work because it's sort of a newish series old hero. So I think what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna echo Aaron's thoughts about action comics because I have a friend that gets Superman that loves this Greg Packron. Huh. All right. And I I say Greg Packron was like what two two books, but, right. yeah. <laughs> but
1: um, Well and, and so what's what's startling about that is that I don't care for his uh Batman Superman book. But I absolutely love his action comics book.
2: And I agree with you. Absolutely. I mean, his action comic stuff. And I think we might have three issues because there's a zero year tie in. Right. Um, But yeah, I agree. Great book. Uh, Andrew, do you have a most improved book?
3: I do. And I I can't say I've super analyzed the timeline. So you might need to help me just a touch. But uh, after you guys talked about how good Batman and Two-Face was, I went back and read Batman and Two-Face. Oh, yeah. And so I'm going to give it to Batman and Robin. And I can't remember exactly when it went bad around the death of Damian Wayne. I don't – I didn't go back to well, – That I think happened him, at the
1: end of 2012 and beginning of 2013.
3: Perfect. Yes. Yeah. Good. So, yes. So after that, uh, it, I think they've turned it around. I, I'm going to go back and read some of the – well, I was going to ask you guys actually if I should go back and read anything before Batman and Face, but.
1: There are, a you know, couple, there are a couple of standout issues there uh,
3: that we can help you with. All right. Yeah. So, But if nothing else, that three – that I think there are three issues on that Batman and Two-Face run have, have been much, much improved to Grooting, Dark, Bruce, post-Damian Wayne's death because those were just horrible issues.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree. And uh, mine is uh, neither Action
1: Comics nor Batman and Robin. I went with Earth 2. Uh, that is very improved. I, I, I Boy, that's – that's I had not thought about that, but you're absolutely right. Earth Two is vastly improved.
2: Yeah, I mean, from you know, once Tom Taylor took over that book, yeah. it just
1: skyrocketed. It sung. For me. It sung when that it was just harmonious. Uh, and you know, you'll notice that a lot of the uh, primary characters from the other run uh, are not nearly as prominent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know. I had a
0: uh, I had a close runner-up of Batgirl.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's yeah that is too. that is improved as well.
2: So, but we have a winner: Action, Action Comics. Comics by Greg Pack and uh, Aaron Cooter. Very good. Woo! Cooter, <laughs> you said. Cooter.
3: <laughs>
2: <Stop>. <laughs> <laughs> so, moving right along, we are going to start talking about our favorite new series that started in 2013, and this is also the category or the first category of the day that we have a worst of as well. So, our Favorite new series that started in twenty thirteen. Andrew, start
3: us off. Guys, I have got a
1: I'm sorry, Andrew, we lost you.
3: I'm sorry. I was saying it would been a good year for new series for me. It has I I have oh, a yeah. list of let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight comics that I, I could claim were the best. I don't think you'd agree with all of them, but I think you'll agree with the one I decided was my was my favorite, which was East to West from Jonathan Hickman.
2: Oh, uh, was that this year? Yep. This, oh okay yeah
3: yeah changes (laughs) doesn't it i mean east of west is is fantastic uh it's it's a story much like saga which is another uh series i love it it tells a story you're not getting anywhere else with the exception of the covers i I find the art to be great um i'm enjoying the story it's it's beautiful i'm not the biggest john Hickman fan but boy do i like his east of west aaron what did you pick
1: you know, I you're you're right. It's an embarrassment of riches. You know, there's a lot of really good new series. You know, among my some of my favorites this year is Greg Rucka and Michael Lark's Lazarus. I just think that book is is not just beautiful, but extremely well written, and very you know tomorrow is the future kind of writing, taking today's science and extrapolating on it. Uh, so it's it's. It's not just good storytelling. It's also smart in uh, uh, the future that it's predicting. Uh, I really enjoy Lazarus. Uh, also, another book that I think everybody on this podcast who read it loved it was Letter 44. Yep. Um, I just absolutely love that book. I love the idea of it. I like how it's being executed. I just can't wait to see where it goes. Excited that it looks like it's going to be a TV show. Um, but I'm, I'm right there with you, Andrew. East of West is – such a good book and it is so multi-layered in fact I was I I feel like I've gotten so much story out of that book I was like oh that didn't come out in 2013 that must have come out in 2012 and so as I was preparing I was like nope it sure did it's a 2013 book so East of West is my selection for best new series of 2013. Paul? Yes sir?
3: What do you got?
2: (laughs) (laughs) So I my original list was either Letter 44 or Afterlife with Archie Mm. and i was probably going to go with letter 44 because no first issue really blew me away like that one until you reminded me that east of west came out this year (laughs) um east of west was so good i actually went on ebay just to get the hardcover edition you know the hardcover new york comic-con exclusive um collection of the first story arc it is it, it is by far my favorite new series of the year so i'm gonna go with east of west so, uh... Wayne. Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> Alright,
0: so I had four on my series where I was kind of debating between. Injustice Gods Among Us, Afterlife with Archie, All New X-Men, and Superior Spider-Man. And, uh... Afterlife with Archie, I wanted to go with it, but it's still just too new. It hasn't even finished its first arc. So, uh, I looked at... Really, I gotta narrow it got narrowed down to All New X-Men and Superior Spider-Man. But the more I look at Superior Spider-Man, it just—yes, it's a new series, but it's not really a new series. So I went with All New X-Men.
1: You know, I thought real hard about All New X-Men, but uh, ultimately, you know, you saw my choice. So All New X-Men—that's uh, a—that's a good choice, uh, you know.
2: I, I don't think I considered it because it started, I think, in late twenty twelve. But it, you know, nope. It didn't I really... double
0: checked. I double checked the dates on both All New X Men and Superior Spider Man, and they both started in twenty thirteen. Oh. Just barely for uh, All New X Men, but there have been a lot of issues in a very short time of both books.
2: Hmm.
3: All right, what, what illustrates you know Marvel's love of double shipping things?
2: Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. you know what? I am still sticking with mine though. Okay, Tim, what do you got for us?
4: God, I hate East of West.
3: <laughs> um,
4: uh, I had two on my list. Uh, Letter forty-four is the runner-up, just because we've only seen a couple issues of it. I right. think if I had two more issues of it, I would have picked it. Yeah, um, I I picked Fearless Defenders. Yeah, uh, nice. it's 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 taken over my uh, fun team book that I used to have with you know Avengers Initiative and then later Avengers Academy. Um, and I've loved everything about it. It's, you know, Valkyrie and strong women kicking ass every issue. Absolutely. And just as a side note, the the uh, the covers that they do for Fearless Defenders are worth the price of admission. Absolutely.
3: It, you know, a couple of things you guys didn't mention that, that were—I mean—I had Lazarus on my list. I had Letter Forty Four on my list. I had Injustice on my list. I had Brian Wood's Star Wars book on my list. I had Miss Fury on my list. I mean, it was just—I mean—I yeah. also enjoyed Storm Dogs uh, as well. And I, yeah, it was a good good year for new series. Absolutely, it was a good year for comics in general.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think I I had multiple options for pretty much every category. And you know that that's unusual. Sometimes you're struggling to find one.
1: So Paul, were we gonna do worst new series here as well?
3: Yeah, let's yeah. Let's, let's we talked about how great things were. Let's talk okay. about a few that did not. quite So let's dog on them. Paul, what do you got?
1: <laughs> um, well, I had two
2: that Andrew tried with me. Um, <laughs> the first one, uh, and probably the winner, is Ash and the Army of Darkness. Oh. And um, you know, my other one was uh,
3: Constantine. See, I still like Constantine, but
2: I really did not like Constantine. But I got to say, far and away, Ash and the Army of Darkness was just almost unreadable. That's how bad it was.
3: Agreed. So, Andrew, did you have a worst? Yeah, you know, Ash was I I considered Ash for a little bit, but I actually went slightly different, um, which was also something I I believe Aaron had asked me to read with him. Jerk. And it was (laughs) Damien, son of Batman. Oh that, was, that was a rough one. That was a bad bad book. That was a bad, <laughs> bad book. It was uh And I
1: didn't ask you to read it. You just <laughs> you just said, What are you guys reading? <laughs> Uh, and Aaron told you to read it after he had read it <laughs> I did not I did not warn you I didn't want to color your perspective I thought saying, you know
3: Andrew is his own man
1: he might like crap
3: I'm just saying <laughs> it, seems like, it seems like a good friend would have been like well you could read Davy and Son Batman but boy did it suck yeah so that's that's my pick, you know it was not a good character you know, after being really excited to get some more Damien back after the death of Damien, uh I was pumped for it, and the Damien they had was very poorly characterized uh they had Batman doing stuff that you don't think Batman would ever do unless he had contracted Alzheimer's in the right. uh, interval yep um. And so I did not – I just did not care. And this is, of course, just based on the first issue, uh, full disclosure, but man, was that a bad book. So that, that's my pick for, for War Series of 2013. Aaron? Um, I, this actually pains me
1: to say it because I, I like the writer a great deal, um, and but it was without a doubt the worst thing I have read in 2013. Um. And that's pretty deadly by uh, Kelly Sue DeConnick. Uh, that book was terrible. I didn't care for the narrative. I didn't care for the for the artwork. It was it was a train wreck of a book. And uh, uh, I, I it pains me to say it because I, I I've got such a, a a fondness for Kelly Sue, but boy, this book was terrible.
2: I agree. That was a, that was a rough one, and you yeah. know there was so much controversy about it. Yeah, because that comic shop tore it
1: up. Well, um, and you know, while I, I I found it you know a little shameful that that's what the uh, the owner did. I I do understand that. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was it was really a very very. I, I I get what she was trying to do, and I and I applaud her effort there. But it was it was it was a mess. It was just a mess.
0: So I. I had two of these as well and uh basically i was kind of grading on the same mark of what did i not manage to read all the way through because it was such a horrible mess and uh it was down between superman batman and marvel Knights spider-man and uh marvel Knights spider-man got it i couldn't oh, yeah? it through the book it was art story everything a horrible horrible mess of a book
2: Oof, that was a rough one, Wayne. That, I, I agree with that. At least I've read two issues of Superman-Batman, or Batman-Superman. That Marvel yeah. Knight-Spider-Man was terrible. Exactly, and that's
0: why it won out, because I was able to make it through Superman-Batman. I couldn't make it through Marvel Knight-Spider-Man. That was just horrible.
4: So I, I sort of feel like the Russian judge at the figure skating competition. Because purely based on anger for another topic that's coming shortly, I will vote for Damien Son of Batman.
2: was all it
1: was i I can agree on that and in fact to make sure that there is a clear winner i will uh you know adjust my vote (laughs) yeah (laughs) let's go with it it was a it was a shit bag of a book yeah i don't doubt that it was horrible i just didn't read it and you if i'd
0: have read it i'd have probably been voting with you guys
1: and whereas i could see the artistic intent in, within Pretty Deadly, uh, poorly executed though it was, uh, I saw none of that in uh, in, in in the Damien uh, Wayne book, so ooh, ooh. <laughs> so yeah,
2: I, 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 I'm there with you. Agreed, so Damien Son of Batman, you are our first official jeer of
1: 2013 ooh. Yay! are <laughs> 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 <They're my> favorite
3: <laughs> so
2: Moving on to the characters themselves in oh, these God.
3: series. Can't wait for this.
2: Best of villain of 2013, uh, Andrew. You're, you seem excited, so I'm going to
3: let you no, go ahead. No, no, I want to. I want to keep my powder dry. You guys go ahead. I'm just excited for hero and villain. I just you, you, oh, you, you go ahead, Tim. Uh, you, give me give I'm, it, me. Yeah, Tim, Tim. I'm stealing it. I don't
4: care. Yep. Let me present the case for my best villain. My best villain of this year is Superman. Ah. Superman in Earth Two has rained havoc on 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 the citizens of Earth, and not only that, he's bled over to another like kind of what if book in Injustice Gods Among Us. And I, I and I haven't read Earth Two, but I, I know the boys here have, have read it, have loved it. But Injustice Gods Among Us, oh so it's just so good seeing him turn to the dark side. Well, and he did kill his pregnant wife. Punched her into space.
3: (laughs) Through a submarine. (laughs) Put
4: his hand through the Joker's heart. Oh, no. That's my best villain. And I think, you know, patting my own self on the back, it's an inspired choice.
3: I, you know, I actually, that's my choice as well, Tim. (laughs) I I didn't think anyone else was going to pick it. So, um, yeah, no, Injustice is one of my favorite series of 2013. And, uh, man, I love the evil Superman. So, I'm right with Tim. Wow. All right. So, Paul.
2: You know, I almost want to change mine <laughs> because that, that is that is an inspired choice. Um, <laughs> but I think what I'm but I, I'm actually think I'm going to go with um, Thanos Black Order from yeah. Infinity. That's a conventional um,
3: choice. That's that's yeah. not bad.
2: That's really more of a best villain team. Um, but you know, characters like Corvus Glaive, Supergiant, Black Dwarf, Proxima Midnight, um, those characters were visually stunning, thanks to the Infinity Art, and they were just vicious characters. Um, and I, I, I just, I loved the, you know, the the battles that they had with the heroes. They were, you know, all like a boss fight in themselves. And in a in a year where, you know, I thought about this one long, on, long and hard because there was. You know, one of our favorite nom- one of our nominees is um, a hero gone bad, and there was a lot of that, and not a lot of strong villains. Um, I think we had you know a, a, a new villain team that uh, that were all strong characters in their own right. So that was my nomination: Thanos, Black Order.
0: Uh, Wait, see, I am going with a villain who won, who utterly outsmarted his hero, took his body, and killed him. Your mom, Doctor Octopus. I mean, this was the year of Doctor Octopus. I mean, it's it it was a clear winner for me. He was he's definitely my villain of the year. So
1: Aaron, you know, I I was right there with Paul uh, with you know. Thanos' Black Order, but uh, you guys have convinced me of Superman. Because you know, when you think about it, you know he he was a tyrant in injustice, and yeah. even more so in Earth Two. And even if you look at him in his movie this year, look at all of the destruction he waged across uh, Metropolis without oh. a single care for an innocent life. Oh. So yeah, Superman, villain of the year. Yes.
3: Yes. Oh my God! I'm so happy. Uh, that hurts. Yeah, hey, Wayne don't, is gonna cry himself
2: to sleep tonight.
3: We, we don't <laughs> write the books, guys. We just read them. No. We didn't make Superman kill his pregnant wife. We just no. enjoyed reading about it.
4: You know, if we said it, if we said it as Cal L, we could have even included Ultraman in that.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Good
4: stuff.
2: <laughs> All right, so. Uh, <laughs> on the flip side of things, what about your favorite hero, Aaron? Why don't you start us off on that one? Uh,
1: you know, my favorite hero is, I think the uh, the coolest guy in comics right now is uh, Hawkeye, as written by Matt Fraction and drawn by Mister Aha. Aha! I I just. I absolutely love this guy. You know, he he's kind of like your he is written in these pages as kind of like an everyman. Uh, you know, it's very it, it's very like low level, uh, and I just love that uh, that common sort of aspect to the book. And 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 I, and I love that that Hawkeye is just yeah, this is my job, this is what I do. You know, he's he's horrible with his. Uh, personal people skills, but you know he he's a good hero, and that's what I dig about that book. That hurts me, Aaron. That I'm hurts. sorry. So you know, I, I think you had to hop off the show last week, Andrew, before you uh, got to talk about Hawkeye. Well, that's true, I, and and so why don't why don't you catch us up to speed? Initially, when the Hawkeye books first started coming out, you weren't a fan.
3: I, I was not. I, I read the first issue and then stopped because I, I did not care for the first issue at all. I, however, with the the debut of of Marvel Unlimited in my life, I went back and read the first eleven issues of Hawkeye just to see just to see if I was giving it a fair chance was perhaps my my prejudices blinding me. And I gotta say the tape story arc was my favorite part of that book. It was, actually showed Hawkeye being competent, being a good guy. Uh, and doing things he had to do for the team i i and it was it was more of a superhero level story than than you know beating up neighborhood toughs and gangsters for me so i enjoyed that i thought that was the tightest part uh, with the exception of the arrow one issue which was uh, issue 11 which i also really like arrow so those those books i like but for the most part for the majority of the series i find they just write hawkeyes as this too incompetent the guy Allegedly hangs around and fights with with galactic level threats and you know hangs with people with like Thor and Captain America. You cannot make him that incompetent in his regular life and then tell me that he's this awesome when he's on with the Avengers. And, and or if you even look at the Avengers movie and you look at how competent he was, he, he's human, but he's amazingly good at what he does. And then you show him doing idiotic things like stepping out in front of a tenement surrounded by you know like twenty gangsters. He has a bow and arrow. Shoot from an arrow. Shoot from a window. For God's sake. Why are you stepping out where you can get bum rushed and have the crap beat out of you? I do like his relationship with Kate. His relationship with Kate was very entertaining. I'm looking forward to the Kate issue when it hits Marvel Unlimited because I like Kate Bishop more than I like Hawkeye in that book. And I think that's because there's no preconceptions about her character. It's, it's, for, for me, I never read The Young Avengers. I know she was part of it, but I've never read it. So I don't have that baggage. Um, but for Hawkeye, they just, it's like a different character the writing. I can't reconcile that Hawkeye with the Hawkeye from, um, from from the regular uh, Avenger shows and and whatnot, and I know Aaron likes to compare this to the Brew Brew fraction run on Immortal Iron Fist, which oh, I also yeah. reread. Yeah, and Aaron, you say it's it reminds you of that, but Iron Fist was doing awesome things in that it thinks Iron Fist was taking on an interdimensional or inter reality contest of champions so while fighting Hydra and winning, and fighting uh, the Steel Serpent and winning he wasn't getting beat up by tracksuit wearing mobsters for god's sake i
1: think so, I, I think it's i think that you're 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 citing a distinction without a difference those things are the same i disagree bro, <laughs>
3: bro. yeah bro i gotta say i liked the bro and then i hated the bro and by the time i was i was done with love like 11 issues it was like stockholm syndrome i liked the bro i <laughs> was like it was like oh god i can't stand these guys and by the time you're like All right. Well, I got to say, I picked up
1: the uh, Marvel Premium hardcover this week combining the first 11 issues of uh, Hawkeye and The Young Avengers Presents number six. Uh, It is a beautiful book.
3: So, does The Young Avengers Presents number six tie into the Hawkeye storyline? It does. Uh, Yeah, it's got Kate Bishop and whatnot. I should read that then. But I just. Andrew, what's your best hero? My best hero. Um. I got it. I, hold on, my brain has to shift gears for a second. Okay, got it. Dan Slott's Superior Spider-Man. Um, I know I, amongst other people, talked about how dumb or how cliched the idea of Doc Ock taking control of Peter's body was. And then I actually read the series, and it's been awesome. So, to make up for all the bad things I said before it actually came out, I'm gonna call uh, Dan Slott's Superior Spider-Man my hero of the year. Tim, let me tell you about a hero. A hero that
4: cheated death. A hero that's proactive, not reactive, and a guy that thinks outside the box. And I agree, it's superior Spider-Man. Nice. I, I, you know, I everything I've seen on that series, I've loved. I've loved his interactions with dealing with Peter's relationships, forging new ones, and just waiting for the shoe to drop on it. But I've, I've loved this book. And so he is my nice. best hero of 2013.
0: He's not just the best
3: hero. He's the superior hero.
4: <laughs> I, I'm i voting for
0: him for both hero and villain.
3: Oh. Well, see, I, I see, I see a difference between your votes, Wayne. I see Dr. Octopus as your villain because he won as Doc Ock, but once you become superior, then he's your favorite hero.
4: That's nice. I can see that. You're splitting hairs a little, but. I try.
3: <laughs> so, <laughs> Paul. Paul
2: Yeah. All right. Well, Superior Spider Man has already won this category. Indeed. um, But I don't, my vote is for Thor. Um, Yeah. yeah. yeah, Thor not only had a good movie this year, but we had three Thors in Thor, God of Thunder, um, that took on the God Bomb. And that book was so freaking great. Um, And, you know, you got Baby Thor, you got Modern Thor, and you got Old Thor, um, or Thor. Th- thor or whatever, um, and I just – I loved that book. I loved the characterization. Uh, I loved everything about Thor this year. So Thor was my winner for Best Hero.
1: Um, well, Thor was my nominee right. for Best Hero. But our, but our winner is the superior Spider-Man. So what I find interesting is that for funny books in the Funny Book Awards <laughs> – our hero is our best villain, and our villain is our best hero.
3: <laughs> Dude, there is nothing <laughs> heroic about the Superman of Injustice. <laughs> well, unless or, you remember. Or, uh,
2: <laughs> or Earth 2. So, yeah, I, now, I hear
3: you.
2: No, our, our winner last year for best villain was a tie between Joker and Dr. Octopus. And our favorite hero last year was Scarlet Spider. So I'm noticing a trend here. Hmm. We seem to like the spider characters.
3: Yeah. Well, Joker's, you know, Batman, but yeah. Yeah. All right. So moving on. That's <laughs> that's, that's an interesting observation, Paul. Nonetheless, I think we should move on to the best cover award. The I know best? this is Tim Tim's favorite award of the every year. The guy is crazy. To do best cover and worst cover.
2: Now, before we get into this, I do want to mention you can go to ideologyofmadness.com, dot com and all the covers will be there for you to see, because um, obviously. You can't see them
3: through your ears.
2: <laughs>
3: well said, uh, Paul. Well
2: said yeah, through your ears. Uh, so, Tim, what was your best cover this year?
4: Man, I was so close to picking Fearless Defenders too.
3: Oh yeah, the Danny Moonstone one. So close. That's on my short uh, list. But
4: I gotta tell you, if there's a cover I wanna, I want a um, a poster of it's Thor Nine. Thor, just to try to paint it a little bit, Thor 9 has exactly what, what Paul described. King Thor, Avenger Thor, and Barbarian Thor. And it's just a scene of them standing over a cliff, like Manowar, Kings of Metal style, ready to kick some ass. Oh, I loved it. So, yeah, my cover, this my best cover is Thor 9 by Isad Ribic.
2: Awesome. Aaron, what was your favorite cover this year?
4: I had a
1: number of covers that I really uh, liked, and you know, as I go through the year, I and since we've been doing this, is I'll you know save a copy of the, the cover uh, for something that affected me, and so like you know the cover of Batman eighteen, which had you know Robin's boots and a Robin sitting on the you know the bird sitting on the boot. Uh, I thought was was rather well done in relationship to the uh, death of Damian Wayne storyline or the Requiem storyline. Um, there was a cover by Adam Hughes for Before Watchmen's Doctor Manhattan number four that has both the Silk Spectre and Doctor Manhattan on it that I just thought was exquisitely drawn. Yeah,
2: that's a good one.
1: And uh, the cover to Hawkeye number eleven where it's got uh, you know his dog uh, leaving bloody footprints through the snow. I uh, thought that was just a just a, a sublime cover.
3: Pizza dog, uh,
1: yeah, pizza dog, and that is a, a fantastic issue of that series. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, so so the the cover you know supports uh, what happens between the pages really well. But my favorite cover of the year has got to be the paper doll cover to uh, Fearless Defenders number four. Yeah. Uh, I just that, and you know, Fearless Defenders as a rule. Has fantastic covers. I mean, they've just got you know uh, the Danny uh, Moonstone, Moonstone, Moonstone. Yep, yeah. Uh, Danny Moonstone cover where you know it's an action figure um, was just beautifully done, and and I just the, the paper doll cover has stuck with me all year long. Uh, I just I, I I love that. So that's my best cover of the year. Nice, awesome. Well, Wayne, what was your favorite cover this year? All
0: right, so my criteria for best cover is. Would I have bought the issue just based on the cover? And the answer for the uh, all three of my runners up here, well, all three of the, the ones I'm throwing on here, the answer is yes. I bought it almost entirely because the cover caught my attention. Uh, Trial of the Punisher, number one, with a blindfolded Punisher holding the scales out. Uh, the Poison Ivy from Villain Month. I just think she, uh, she looks incredible standing there with the, uh, the vines around her. But my winner is going to be Batgirl number 24. You've got this incredible artwork of Barbara with the hood holding her shot boyfriend. His blood makes the bat symbol on the ground. And then Gordon is behind her with the smoking gun. And it's just the art is incredible. There's a story on the cover. And it makes you ask, what just happened here? So, yeah, Batgirl 24. It's a good one. Well, Andrew, True. how yes. about you?
3: Well, I have to agree. So I, I have quite a list of covers, but my, my highlights, I have to agree with, with. Uh, sorry, my brain stopped for a second. I have to agree with Aaron and Tim that that the Mark Brook covers, Mark Brooks covers for Fearless Defenders are just fantastic. The Danny Moonstone one, the cutout doll one, they're great. I, I've enjoyed them very much. Uh, the Batman and Robin annual number one showing Damien dressed up as Batman. I love that. Photo because you know it's kind of oversized on it, kind of hangs off a little bit, and, and it's just a great cover. Superior Spider-Man number five, showing him holding the smoking gun, looking through the bullet hole that used to be Massacre's brain uh, was great. Kind of sums up why I like superior Spider-Man so much. But my actual winner is, uh, issue nine of star Wars, Brian Wood star Wars with, with art by Hugh Fleming. It shows princess Leia floating out in a, uh, you know, cause you can see the X wing, her X wing in the background. She's tethered to it and she's floating out in debris and, uh, it's just fantastic, the expression on her face, the the way it seems to convey zero-G weightlessness. Um, it's just a beautiful, beautiful cover by Hugh Fleming. So that is my pick, Star Wars number 9.
1: Awesome. Well, Hugh Fleming is an awesome artist to be yeah, with. Yeah, and that is a beautiful cover. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: So um, we are not going to have a tie or we're not going to have a winner in this category. Um, As it should be. Yeah, exactly, and we never typically do on this one. Because I, 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 you know, Aaron, your your pizza dog cover for Hawkeye was was definitely on my list. Uh, Hawkeye number eleven, um, covered by David Aha. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my other runner up was Infinity number one by Adam Kubert, which just shows Thanos and his crazy smile.
1: Yeah, you know the uh, trade dress for the Infinity covers was interesting, and I thought it worked really well on that Thanos picture you know where it's all uh you know it's essentially monochromatic with just different gradients of blue yeah. right um but i don't think it worked as well for the rest of the series i agree i, I think, think you in got fact, diminishing returns <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely agree. in fact i think that's
2: the only one of the six that i like to cover um but my winner was actually flash annual number no. two um which was uh done by francis manipul and shows flash um kind of helping an injured Green Lantern wearing a Green Lantern ring. Um, and the Green Lantern ring has kind of turned the yellow parts of his costume green. So he's kind of a mixture Green Lantern flash and he's got a, a Green Lantern missile launcher strapped onto his arm and he, they're kind of defending themselves on a planet. And I just think that is an awesome, awesome cover. And I bought that issue specifically because of that cover. And so that, that was mine flash annual number two. Awesome. Nice. So, uh, again, you know, we'll have all of these in the uh, show notes on uh, ideologyofmadness.com for you to check out. So, moving on to one of our favorite categories, the holy shit moment of the year. Whoa.
3: Yes? We're not going to do worst cover?
2: Oh, ooh, yeah, that's a good point. We did have some bad covers to talk about, didn't we? Uh, if we want to. I think we should. We did have some bad covers to talk about this year.
3: So well, I, I'll even lead it off. Yes, please. As much as like East to West, I do not like the covers of East to West. You know, Jonathan Hickman's big on using white space to give his books a defined look, which is is nice. You know, you put them on the shelf, they all kind of go together. But there's nothing I would call, you have this little block of color uh, of different shades of the same color with with some sort of cropped picture from the inside. I do not like the covers of East to West. It's the one thing I criticize in that book. And uh, I, I mean... I specifically picked East to West number four, because that was my least favorite, but really any of them could have won for me. So, I, that that's my choice for Worst Covered. Hmm. Uh, Tim, what do you have?
4: Well, I'll tell you. I, I picked one, and then I saw Wayne's choice.
3: Huh.
4: <laughs> <laughs> and So, uh, the one I originally had was Archie 648, just because it angered me. Um, it's a Thor spoof, and that just annoyed me. But, God damn, Wayne won. <laughs> I'll just let Wayne take it because I'm co assigning it. Oh All
0: right. Same criteria for covers that I did for uh, for best. What cover made me not want to buy the book? Superman 21 with the big, giant, ugly Hector Hammond head. You know, over the <laughs> small little Superman body. That cover was horrible, and it made me not want to touch the book.
3: Oh yeah, that's bad.
2: Yeah, you know what, Wayne, I'm gonna agree with you on that one. Um, I was gonna, when Aaron talked about diminishing returns with those Infinity covers, and they and they got much worse with, with each issue. Um, so Infinity Five was gonna be my nomination, but I'm gonna go with Superman number 21.
3: Yeah, that's a good pick, guys. Yeah. Aaron, yeah did you have one? Well, Aaron, wait, wait. No, Aaron loves Hector Hammond. He's not going to pick this.
1: <laughs> well, you know, it's funny that that Paul said Infinity Number Five because that was mine as well. Um, <laughs> because it is just, it's an awful cover. You know, it lists. It's got all these. You know, it's it's. All the fists raised in the air, you know, we're we're gonna fight together. And so you've got, uh, you know, Captain America with his shield and uh, Thor with his hammer, and you can see Black Widow's, um, you know, stingers on her wrist, and the great big Hulk hand. And it's just, it's, I like the idea, but it is so poorly executed. It's just yeah. all these random fists being shaken in the air. Whereas, you know, you look at how good. The Thanos cover is for Infinity Number One, and it's not just—it's not just saying, "Hey, here's the big bad for this story," but it's just the level of menace and evil that just exudes from that cover. Um, and there is an element that I enjoy about Infinity Number Four with the lightning streaking around uh, the, the silhouette of Thor. Mm-hmm. Um, but I gotta say, if you want to keep me from buying a book, by all means, put Hector Hammond on the cover.
4: So I'm right yep. there with you, Wayne.
3: Well, yeah, so we Hector have a clear With his
4: pet smile.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, that's, that's an ugly cover.
4: Yeah. So
2: Superman number 21, congratulations. You suck. Yeah. The inside it, it, of DSU wasn't any good either. And who, <laughs> who drew that cover? Uh, Tyler Kirkham. Okay. Oof, that was a rough one. <laughs> uh, all right, So right. Let's move, move to happier grounds. Well, maybe not are our, our holy shit moment of the year. The year that, you know, there, a lot of stuff happened in comics this year, and these are the moments that really surprised us and, and made stand up and say, holy shit. So um, why, do, why doesn't Wayne start us off with this one? All
0: right. Um, it was kind of a clear-cut one for me based on what I've read. I think there would have been a moment in Infinity if I was reading it, but I wasn't reading it. So uh, The Unmasking of Dick Grayson. I did not see that one coming at all. And uh, it was as I'm reading it, I've been reading Nightwing for I didn't jump on in the beginning, but I've gone back and I have bought all the trades. I've, so I've read the book all the way up till now, and it is an incredible book. And when I'm flipping through and reading Forever Evil and you get to that point and he's unmasked as Dick Grayson to the world, I literally said out, out loud, holy shit.
2: That is a good one. So, Andrew, what was your moment this year?
3: Uh, actually, I'm checking a date on mine to make sure that I am in 2013. Can, can you come back to me? Sure, sure. Tim?
4: <laughs> you know, I have one written down, um, which is uh, – but I think I'm going to – my runner-up was Thor God God of Thunder 11, which was the God Bomb series. Where Avenger Thor defeated the bomb, and uh, the Godslayer thought he got away with it, and there's this scene where Thor is half covered in the black that, you know, the Godslayer has been using the whole time, with just a silhouette of these two these two hammers, and it's like, oh yeah. But I gotta say, Paul, my holy shit moment was holy shit. Paul is defending Grant Morrison in this death of Damian Wayne thing, and I'm <laughs> sitting there going, I don't know if a Paul and I can be friends anymore. <laughs>
3: Okay, Tim makes a strong case here. <laughs> I, I had not considered that. This was not something I thought of, but but Tim makes True. a strong case for this. It's so meta. It's not the death of Damian Wayne. It's Paul defending it.
4: Oh, we're going to talk about it later, so I'm not going to get too into it. But I,
3: I think I have to go with that.
2: Hmm, not sure I agree with you there.
3: <laughs> no, no, Paul. Go with Tim.
2: <laughs> well, mine uh, was not that mine was actually the Thor moment in infinity number four, um, where Thor is, has been sent down to the builders to, uh, to basically surrender on behalf of the, uh, the earth forces. And, um, you know, they say, well, you got to leave your hammer at the door. So he's like, fine. And so he sends it away and the hammer loops around the sun and comes shooting back through the center of the builder, leaving a gaping hole in the middle of it. Um, you know, while while Thor on his knees, you know, pretending to surrender, and that was just that was just a defining moment in that series, and my holy shit moment of the year. And it yeah, you know, wasn't a spoiler or anything like that. It was just a fantastic scene. That
0: well, that is I, a great one, Paul. When I said there was one in Infinity, that was the one I was referring to. And I didn't read Infinity, was why I couldn't vote for it. But after uh, after you guys talked about it, I had to go out and find that issue and just flip through and see that. And that that was an awesome moment.
1: Well, and you know, I had two that I was considering, and and one was just all of issue one of Letter Forty Four, uh, just because it was just such a fantastic idea. Um, but I gotta say, in terms of, of execution, Infinity Number Four does it better than almost anybody ever has. Um, you know, it takes six pages. And in the six pages. Number one, you know, you know, it's like Alfred Hitchcock says, you know, to build suspense, show the bomb under the table before it goes off. Don't just have the table explode. And so Thor throws that hammer up in the air, and as readers of, of Thor comics, we know that hammer is going to come back, and it is. There is this tremendous suspense. That goes through it. You know something's gonna happen with the hammer. It's what's gonna happen with the hammer and how you know Thor positions himself and it is it's six pages of just fantastic storytelling and execution. And it's the moment, appropriately so that the story turns. And so it's not just this cool fucking moment in the comic book, but it's also the moment where the action turns in this series where the heroes are gonna win this thing. And I, I just I, – I absolutely loved it.
3: Woo-hoo. woo Well, for me, uh, I, I did check my dates. So um, I, I got to say Tim makes a persuasive argument. I, I, I really kind of want, want to side with him. I think I have to go with my original pick since it was in 2013, which is um, – it's been probably somewhat forgotten now, but it's in Batman number 17 where they reveal that all their faces of the Bat family have been cut off and are sitting in the dishes in front of them. Now I know of course is that once we move on we find out that they're not really cut off, but at the moment when that happened, I was just awestruck. I was dumbfounded. I, I had no words. I, I couldn't even mutter holy shit. I was just struck by it because having all those faces staring back, it was just like, oh, So that, that that would be mine. That was a good scene. That was a real good scene.
4: That is a good answer, Andrew.
2: But our it looks like our winner is Thor's. Um you know, Thor's surrender. In Infinity Number Four, surrender with air quotes around it. Surrender with air quotes around it. Correct. Yes. <laughs> so moving on to our biggest awards of the evening. Let's start with the best artist or art team. So uh, Aaron, start us off. Best artist or
1: art team. Uh, you know, I'm going I- Infinity gets it for me. Um, it is. And uh, damn it, I just had that. One moment, please. Well, Infinity Infinity's
2: art team was Jim Chung. Uh huh. On the bookends. Um, we also had
1: – shit, how do
2: I not remember this now?
1: You had uh, Hickman, Opeña, Weaver, and Ponzer working on Jerome, the Opeña, yeah, yeah, and Dustin Weaver. Yeah, and I, I just – it is rare that you get a uh, an event book like this that maintains its artistic integrity from beginning to end. Um, you know we'll see in another event book where the artwork starts strong and ends poor um, you know in, in, in an upcoming conversation but infinity really stuck the landing and, and you know there is a consistent artistic vision from you know infinity number one all the way down to infinity number six and it, uh, it is the winner uh, f- far and away in terms of art for me this year
3: so, well, Aaron, you're kind of going with the big, flashy event book, polished art, high, you know, big, big names, big dollars. I'm going to go with the Dark Horse. I'm going to go with Scott Wegner from Atomic Robo. It, his art is, you know, it's, it's 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 and I don't know how to describe his style of art, but it is fantastic. The way he draws dinosaurs and robots and for God's sake, H.P. Lovecraft. He's just fantastic. He does all these different cross-art, super-science things, and it doesn't seem like he gets the attention he deserves. So for me, my nomination is Scott Wegner.
2: Paul? That, that is a good option, especially since he drew me an Atomic Robo wearing a Superman t-shirt. Ooh, there you go, bud. But but I can't because I already chose mine. Oh. Um, and You can change uh, my... your mind. <laughs> it's allowed. <laughs> it is allowed. But I, I, I'm going to stick with my original choice, which was um, – it was actually Jim Chung um, – even though his output was so was limited this year, it was amazing. But uh, you know, I'm going to expand it and agree with Aaron on Infinity's art team: Jim Chung, Jerome Pena, and Dustin Weaver. Three very what? distinctive artists, very amazing artists that all had. a of us, you know that that their art worked perfectly together.
1: And Paul, I, I hear you not including Jonathan Hickman in that list because you know he did write the series, but his artistic sensibility is represented as well in the graphics. You know, yeah, he, that's a good he, point. He, he he contributes to the graphic design of that book, and while um, Andrew doesn't care for it in the covers of East of West, it really does affect the entire packaging of the art in that series. And so I think you have to include Jonathan Hickman in that group of artists. I agree with you. I agree with you.
4: So I, I I did a wide, wide kind of gather information on this because I wanted to see what was out there, even stuff I wasn't reading. And I was stunned by Nicola Scott work on Mm -hmm. earth too. Just stunned. So I can't vote for anybody, but Nicola Scott, just beautiful art. I don't. I don't give a damn about Earth Two, but I want to get that book. Hey, it's it's a beautiful. Good book. Book. It is beautiful. Uh, yeah. Very pretty. So that was my vote.
3: Oh, and in one quick correction, I think I mispronounced Scott Wegner's name and said Wegner, but it's Scott Wegener. Yeah, Sorry. he, he goes by like
4: Wegner on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. Sorry. Uh, Wayne. I
0: right. I I thought about going with the art team from Gosmer, Finding Gosmer because Ooh. that book was just so beautiful. I'm going to choice. do something I never thought I would do, and I'm going for a cover artist, Alex Gardner, the uh, the person who's doing all of the covers for Batgirl, because those have been consistently amazing covers that made me want to pick up the book, and they made me excited to read the book. And I only jumped onto Batgirl because of the covers. That says a lot to me, and it just it feels weird voting for a cover artist, but those covers are, besides just being beautiful covers, the cover tells a story. And that doesn't happen a lot these days. A lot of times you just have posing on covers.
2: No, it's a good point. And that, that guy, he's, he does some great art. But it looks like our winner with two votes was Infinity's Art Team of Jim Chung, Jerome Opeña, Dustin Weaver, and Jonathan Hickman.
1: Very exciting. That's nice. awesome.
2: So, you know, we, did, we don't have a worst artist because we decided that art is subjective. And, and uh, none
1: of the rest of this is. The rest
2: not
3: is at all. Yeah, yeah, the rest of this is objective. <laughs> totally <laughs> objective. Art is the one subjective category. Everything That's else, right. science fact.
2: <laughs> so, but we, we do have a best and worst writer, um, or best and worst writer nominations. Um, I'm going to go ahead and start us off with best writer uh, so Aaron doesn't steal it. I'm going <laughs> to go with uh, Jonathan Hickman. Um, I I, 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 you know, Jonathan Hickman. This was the year that he found the right balance between his crazy ideas and character moments, and he just knocked it out of the park in almost everything he put out this year. And so, Jonathan Hickman is my nominee for best writer.
1: And I'll roll up right there behind you, Paul. Uh, you know, Jonathan Hickman. He took over the Avengers after Bendis left, and you know that 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 had to have been an intimidating role, given the run that uh, that Bendis had on those books and and the defining role that Bendis had on those books. But you know he made it his own, and you know corrected his course from uh, what was originally a very strong run on Fantastic Four and FF, but kind of petered out at the end. Um, he really he, he stuck the landing in Infinity, and has just been doing crazy, wild, weird shit. Not just in his Marvel books, but also in his uh, East of West series. Um, Jonathan Hickman, you know, is, is really the standout writer for me this year. Even though a close second for me is Matt Fraction, um, who I have thoroughly enjoyed in the pages of Hawkeye this year.
2: Hmm. Well, uh, and Andrew, that's your nomination, right? <laughs>
3: yeah, um, you know, for me, it was really hard. I, I went back and forth between Jonathan Hickman and Dan Slott, not because I read Infinity because I didn't, but because I enjoyed East to West so much. Um, and of course, you guys have said great things about Infinity, so that that weighs in a bit, too. But man, Dan Slott took a character concept of doc ock taking over spider-man that just sounded so bad and found a way to make it so fantastic he introduced us to great characters like uh you know peter's physics tutor i'm using tutor with quotes around it slash girlfriend um it's ooh, i just kind of went back and forth between dan slot jonathan hickman i'm gonna have to i think go with dan slot all right well that's i mean that's a good one and I, i wouldn't be surprised if we have a tie
2: on this one uh tim who was your nominee
4: um, well, you know, for me this was tough because a lot of the a lot of the writers that I read had really good moments, but they also kind of dipped in, in certain spots. Jason Aaron would have won it hands down if Godbomb had been the last part of the Thor that was written this year, but um, the Malekith storyline has been kind of hit or miss for me, so I couldn't pick him. One does um, not simply walk into Svartalfheim.
3: Yeah. I mean,
4: <laughs> <laughs> um, i i i i wrote down jeff johns um Ooh, i've wow. uh, i've loved forever evil i lo- i really like Trinity of sin and even though some of it was not written this year i i picked up the Shazam trade and i love that so yeah i i gotta go with that even though I know that his justice league run has been uh, pretty crummy from what everybody's told me his, his event has been spot on and i i guess that's my vote this year well, I can't disagree with you about Forever Evil. Forever Evil is a fantastic book. Agreed.
1: Well, Wayne, what, who was your nominee for Best Writer? Oh, This one was
0: tough because it was down between two for me. And uh, the two were Brian Michael Bendis because everything he's been doing with the uh, Ultimate Spider-Man has been incredible as well as All-New X-Men. And the other one was Dan Slott because – he took the stupidest concept in the world and made it an incredible series. But when I look at, you know, just the number of books I'm reading and the stories that are being told, I have to go with Bendis because Bendis is telling more of a variety of stories. And I'm loving everything I'm reading from him right now. Awesome. So as as much as I hate to not make it a tie, I'm going with Bendis instead of Slot.
2: Which means Jonathan Hickman is our winner for Best Writer 2013. Woohoo! Woo! You know what's funny? Hmm, Looking what? last year, none of the guys from last year were even nominated this year. We had Scott Snyder, Mark Waid, and Darwin Cook. Yeah. I mean, you could tell what we were reading. Batman before Watchmen and Daredevil. Wait, I'm going to change my vote real quick. <laughs> no. <laughs> Too late, Jonathan Hickman won. So,
1: do we have a worst writer this year? I sure. think we do. Why yes, not? yes,
0: I think my time has finally come. Go, Wayne. Grant Morrison.
3: Hey, hey guess what? Guess what? Mine is Grant Morrison, too, for Death of Damian Wade in Batman Inc.
4: There, there are few things in this life that are, that are certain. Um, <laughs> but me buying Batman has been a certainty since I was 16 years old. And one writer single-handedly has gotten me to stop um, buying any sort of book with Batman in it. Well, I mean, we're going to discount Justice League for now because that's a a series. But uh, Grant Morrison single-handedly mangled the one character that I loved in the DC Universe more than anybody since the new 52 started. Fuck that guy. Fuck him in his ass.
3: That's three votes for Grant Morrison. Paul, what do you got? Uh, Well, I was not going to nominate Grant Morrison. Come on. Um, Be like everybody else, Paul. Come on.
2: No, I can't because peer pressure. I actually like some of the stuff Grant Morrison put out this year. Such as? Namon. Okay. Well, I actually liked some of the Batman Inc. stuff. I I really did. I mean, yes, the death of Damian Wayne was poorly handled. And despite the fact that the argument wasn't that I liked it, the argument was that he had the right to do it, and I, I, I still feel that he does. But I didn't necessarily care for the way it was done. Um, but I, you know, there, there were some issues after that that were well done, and some issues before it that were well done. But I, I gotta give my worst writer of the year award to Scott Lobdell. Oof, Scott Lobdell. I, I mean, my God, that guy. He had hell on earth last year that we all loved, and he did a sequel this year that was unreadable. Um, he he. Not only what's it was a Superman book unreadable. They put the guy on Action Comics to make that one unreadable too. Until Greg Pak came on, I mean, he just he he and you know none of us are reading Teen Titans or you know he touched Superboy and that book turned to shit. I I mean, he seems like a nice guy, but wow, his stuff was just terrible this year. So Scott Lobdell is my worst writer,
1: and and I don't have one. I don't have a worst writer this year. I don't have anybody that I'm particularly passionate about uh, what they wrote in terms of uh, their ongoing. Book of Work.
4: You're sure I would consider it a personal favor if you co signed Grant Morrison. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, I'm not as I'm not as passionate about Grant Morrison this year as I've been in years. Uh, past.
0: After five years of rallying for it, it's finally happened. Aaron, Grant Morrison is the worst writer.
3: Wow! I'm so happy. So Aaron, happy. Aaron, so, are you sure there's not some maybe ten issues that you read that were written by someone that was just incomprehensible? Maybe recently you read these ten issues.
1: Oh uh, well, we'll I'll I'll save that comment for our next category. And why don't we just go ahead and lead off with worst event? Yeah, let's uh, go ahead and do that. Because if it's not Age of Ultron by a landslide, <laughs> a unanimous uh, affirmation. I don't know what is. This book was ass. Um, started off with a with a really interesting premise, um, but the artwork was bad the writing was bad um it has uh, one of the things that i find so objectionable about it is, is that is the impact it's had on storytelling in marvel uh the fact that it brought over a character i could still give a shit about angela from image comics and neil gaiman um i, I just this I, age of ultron was terrible i did not read it while it was coming out i, I think i started like the first one or two issues and dropped it like a hot potato and then read the remainder of it through marvel unlimited in the in the last couple of weeks and uh i know that paul has read it and i also know that andrew has read it guys tell me what your take is on the hideous terrible awful age of ultron
3: well aaron i uh, i think i said last week that I would read anything if it was free through Marvel unlimited and I got to issue five and I found myself struggling to keep reading (laughs) because it was that bad. The, the dialogue between the characters is just awful. The storytelling there's, is almost incoherent. It's just, it's all over the place. It's, does not set things up well it just it hurts my brain and yeah. the art you know i've seen i've read brian Hitch i've seen sorry seen brian hitch art that i've enjoyed before and this art was not good yeah it well, it, it, it took away from the storytelling instead of being part of the storytelling and Man, it is easily the worst event book of twenty thirteen. It had
0: so much potential. Those first couple issues, no, set up what could have been a good story, but it was no. so
3: bad. It, even the first couple issues were horrible, Wayne. Um, <laughs> it, well, it was you know, all, it was all bad. I
1: will say that there is a panel that I found very affecting, and I want to say the first issue where Captain America. Is sitting, you know, at the back of the room, and it, his, his there are big scratches in his shield, and he's tattered and torn. You can tell that he's just lost all hope, uh, and it's just very affecting because you know he's the cheerleader of the Marvel Universe. You know, he's the hey, we can do this. You know, he rallies the guys together, and for Cap to be broke, you know, shit is bad. And so I, I thought that was a brilliantly done panel, but that is it. Uh, <laughs> And the fact that, that they waited on Brian Hitch to finish, the, finish this piece of shit, I mean it goes back to my point that don't hire artists who can't you know deliver. And oh, by the way, maybe you should hire an artist who can actually draw a, a, a book on a monthly basis.
0: And to add into the piss-off factor were all of the tie-in issues. Yeah. where your regular book suddenly had one incoherent issue that was set in this universe. And if you have a pull list, it's just going to go into your pull list because
3: it's an issue of the yeah. book you're getting. Or if it's, you're on Comicsology and you don't notice that little AU yeah. and you hit buy yeah. before you yeah. notice it, then you, like I did with Superior Spider-Man that month, you're just screwed.
0: Yeah, right. and that's what pissed me off about it so much, particularly the Superior Spider-Man one, was I didn't notice that either until I got, you know, I thought it was just the next issue of the book, and that the next issue was the tie-in. Yeah.
3: And well, and it's obviously not Doc Ock Spider-Man in the Age of Ultron. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah.
2: Well, and so that's one of the things I was going to say about it is that it started off bad. You know, I mean, it starts off. This series was supposed to come out before AvX. Yeah. But because of the delays in art, it got delayed till after over a year. Yeah. Um, So the storyline didn't make sense within the context of the characters of the Marvel Universe. You had, you know, the Fantastic Four were on Earth even though they were supposedly lost in space. You had, you know, Spider Man was Peter Parker even though he really wasn't. I mean, it, and they didn't even bother to fix the. I mean, well, okay, I should correct myself. They had these tie in issues to poorly explain the continuity errors, um, but it still didn't make any sense. Um, And the series was just fucking terrible yeah um every issue got worse than the last the last issue issue 10 half of it's a damn reprint um from the uh, avengers free comic book day from a couple years ago right um and you know and so you think you're getting new brian Hitchart? no you're not it's reprint art and then the new stuff goes back to the carlos pacheco stuff yep um which is all rushed and poorly done um and it's just a terrible book. I mean, it's called Age of Ultron. Ultron is on maybe five pages of ten oh, issues. Yeah,
1: I mean, it, it, there is no big boss fight between the heroes and Ultron. It's all about the heroes having to do something awful in the past to prevent this future. And here's the what I felt like was a huge missed opportunity in this in this series, or even in terms of a spinoff, is you've got uh, Sue Richards and Wolverine. Uh, running through time to try and reset things. I would have enjoyed a story where where they have been doing this for so long that they develop a relationship. You know, it would have been nice, you know, because in her present, Sue has lost all of her family. So Reed is dead, her kids are dead. I mean, everybody's, you know, passed away. It would have been nice to see a story where the two of those people turn to each other and change Sue's, Sue's character because Sue's always been the mom of the Marvel Universe. Change that character a little bit, and you get to reset it at the end of it because eventually they do change the, the, the future. You know, uh, I would have liked to have seen that kind of story, but there was no risk-taking in this story, whereas conversely, when you compare it to what I think is the best event of the year um, – Infinity took risks all the way through and made changes and you know told those told the small stories and told the big stories. Yeah. So switching over to best, I gotta agree with you, Aaron. Infinity, which
2: is not surprising to anyone, um, by far, by far, not only the best you know event I've read this year, the best event I've read in years. Yeah. Um, amazing, amazingly well done. Uh, you know, perfect, not perfect, but great all around. Um, you know, the tie-ins were great at least the ones written by Hickman um, and I just I thought it was a fantastic book so infinity is my best event of 2013 uh, Tim did did you have a nominee for this category
4: I, I have both so um, uh, for worst event I wrote one down but I I crossed it out because um, I remember two things one when Aaron was trying to find something good to say about age of Ultron he's like well, there was this one panel. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. And then I remember a conversation. Must, it must have been back in April where Paul was like, I'm still going to pick up Age of Ultron. And Andrew's exasperated why. just <laughs> 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 ripped my brain. And so I will just co-sign Age of Ultron, even though I never read it because I, I feel your guys' pain. Um, for best event, um, you know, you guys have a lot of nice things to say about Infinity, and I just, I just don't care about like space stuff too much in Marvel. I don't know what it is, but I gotta say, even if I'd been reading it, it'd be hard pressed for me to not pick Forever Evil so far. Um, I'm gonna redo something I did last year, which is pick event that's not done because I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I really love Death of the Family until the end. That's, <laughs> I'm going to go out one on the limb and say Forever Evil has been the my best event of 2013 so far. Awesome. I don't Wayne. think we heard from Wayne yet.
0: No, and my big problem with events is always the ending. It's like, I want to say Battle of the Atom for this one,
2: but I
0: was disappointed by the ending.
1: Yep,
2: that ending was bad.
0: And that's really what I have to say about every you know, every major event. So just from the sheer excitement you guys have for it, I'll, I'm going to go with the infinity as well. Even though I haven't read it, it brought so much joy to you guys. And it has that awesome Thor moment of the, uh, the hammer return. I mean, that, that really was a awesome read. So yeah, I'll, I'll back you guys up with that, even though I haven't read it.
3: And Andrew, did we hear from you? Not for best. Um, I uh I I sat down and, and thought really hard as far as I can tell I only read two event books last year one of which was uh Age of Ultron thanks Aaron <laughs> and the other one was Death of the Family which you know straddled 2012 2013 started in 12 finished February Marchish of 13 so uh I think by default I'm going to have to pick Death of the Family as my best event book it it ending also was a bit of a letdown, but it, you know, it was a good series. It was solid, uh, and I'm, I'm going to pick that.
0: Yeah, I couldn't vote for it just because of that ending. It uh, The ending ruined the whole story for me. I thought it had a wonderful build until it got to that end, and the end of nothing. It yeah. just it annoyed me too
3: much. That's fair, but I, I I didn't feel quite as harshly about it. But no, the ending was, was the worst part of the uh, of the event. But uh, so it sounds like Infinity is our best event, and uh, while Age of Ultron was our worst event of 2013,
1: and maybe the worst event ever. <laughs> it, it, it was pretty bad. <laughs> I mean, it's it's worse than Atlantis Attacks. Well, it's it's worse than Fear itself in many yeah. respects. You know, significantly worse. I will say significantly worse. Well, because Fear itself at least had amazing art. Yeah, yeah. And well, in Fear itself, you could tell they were trying. <laughs> yeah, you know? I, and I just – I never got that out of Age of Ultron. Ooh, Age of Ultron. Yeah. Fuck that book. Yeah. yeah,
2: Yeah. So moving on to
1: Best Limited
2: Series or Original Graphic Novel. We have a couple of nominations in this category. Um, Wayne, you said you had a nomination for this category, right? Yeah. Um,
0: I think it could have been an OGN, and it would have been really good as one. But The Trial of the Punisher. I That was the best Punisher story I have read in a long time, and it was only a two-issue limited series, but the writing was great. I mean, I really enjoyed it. Hmm.
2: I, I didn't read that, but I know Aaron read it. and I did enjoyed it. and enjoyed it a great deal. Hmm. Do you have a nomination for Best Limited Series or OGM this year, Aaron?
1: I'm going to jump in there with Wayne and say uh, The Trial of the Punisher. Hmm. I, I, I think I need to check this out. It is. It's a really good book. It's a really good book, and you know I, I really enjoyed the uh, Greg Rucker run on the Punisher, but uh, it, the Trial of the Punisher was just kind of a nice one shot kind of kind of story, you know. And Punisher yeah. kind, Punisher manipulating
3: the people around him, which was kind of cool. Hmm. I'll definitely check
2: it out. Andrew, do you have a best limited series or original graphic novel this year?
3: You guys may dispute this. Uh, I'm going to call Injustice a limited series since it stopped, and make Injustice my favorite limited series of the year.
2: No, I mean, I, I'd agree with it. I mean, the at least season one, which did end, is a 12-issue miniseries. So.
3: Yeah, and uh, I mean, we've well documented why we've enjoyed Injustice so much. So I don't think I have to wax on about it anymore. But, uh, man, Injustice is just amazing. So that that would be my choice for this category. All right. Tim? Long shot saves the Marvel Universe. Oh, oh. God, stop. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: uh you know, I wrote down Shazam, but I, I think I think it doesn't qualify. So I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to co-sign Andrew's Injustice comment. I really, I really like the first trade that I picked up. So that's my vote. Hmm. Well, I had a couple of
2: options. I had Lock and Key Alpha or uh, The Wake from uh, Scott Snyder and DC Vertigo. But I forgot about Injustice Gods Among Us.
1: I'm going to go with Injustice Gods Among Us. Look at Andrew. Look at so, Andrew. So I'd like to ask a question. Paul, did you pick up the hardcover of Injustice? Yes. Okay. And uh, Tim, you did as well, right?
4: That's that's correct.
1: Okay. So I did, and th- th- there is some prominence in the way the uh, uh, hardcovers are being done now, where they've done away with the dust jacket, and they're printing the image directly onto the cover itself. What do you guys think about that? I actually quite like it. Um,
2: visually, I like it more. Um, now, the, it, it, now I do, I, for me, for care, for taking care of the book or getting a book in, in, in pristine condition, it's a little trickier. Uh huh. Cause the dust jacket did protect the book from certain, you know, shelf wear and right. damage. Um, but I, I actually like it quite a bit.
1: How about you, Tim?
4: I, I got, I gotta, I gotta say the same thing. I'm concerned that it's not going to hold up. Yeah, but uh, it is pretty. I'm
1: worried about the shelf wear on it, and you yeah, know, that's what you know. While your dust jacket will will get the shelf wear, at least you know that you've got a pristine cover under it. And I just, I really, I think I'm I'm going to miss the dust jackets. But I'm noticing that Marvel and DC are both doing that now. Yeah, well, and honestly, for when I'm reading them, I take the dust jacket off anyway. I do too.
2: So, you know, it's not a big deal for me. And I, again, I do. I think visually I prefer it this way, but I, I do think the dust jacket is better to keep the book in better condition. Yeah. Mm. So our biggest award of the evening, or morning. <laughs> <laughs> um, so who won the last one? Uh, well, Injustice Gods Among Us, one for favorite limited series. <laughs> and so let's see if we have a winner for our best ongoing series.
1: And so, Aaron, why don't you go ahead and start us off? Okay, for best ongoing series, um, i got to say, without a doubt, it's the book that I look the most forward to every time it comes out, uh, and that is East of West. Uh, We've talked a lot about it already. It is just – it is crazy awesome and wild and weird and challenges your expectations. I love the artwork. I love the writing. Uh, East of West.
4: I really, I really thought Aaron was going to save mine, which was Hustler. But, uh. <laughs> that is a good ongoing series. <laughs> um, I, I picked Superior Spider-Man, even though it started this year. I feel like I can say that the Dan Slott run is, is continued enough that I can say that um, since he introduced Alpha, which made me retch and leave the series for 10 issues, um, Doc's Spider-Man has uh, been awesome every single issue. Um, I've, I've, lo- I've loved what he's done with the character. Um, You know, we talked about it when we talked about Best Hero for me. Uh, it's Superior Spider-Man for me. Hmm.
2: All right. Wayne? Um, It's had a few
0: ups and downs, but I'm going Superior Spider-Man as well. Because it's had the most consistency to it. I mean, yeah, it's had a down issue here or there. But as often as that book's coming out, a down issue is going to happen. And it has... Consistently been good, and it took like I said this horrible concept and it made it wonderful. And like Aaron was saying, I look at the book that uh, this is the one I'm most excited about reading every time it comes out.
2: Hmm. All right. Well, Andrew, we've we've got I'm two have votes to just,
3: for. Yeah, I'm just gonna have to go with uh, with Wayne and Tim and stick with Superior Spider-Man because for all the things they said and more, it, it it's been a great series this year.
2: All right. Well, you know, I was originally gonna go with New Avengers, but um, you know, Jonathan Hickman's New Avengers because I I adore that book and I think it is the book that Jonathan Hickman, out of all he does, he uh, for Marvel he he gets most right. It's that science Avengers book I've been wanting for years. Um, but Aaron, damn it, East of West, man. Yeah. Yeah. Love right. East of West. Same here. And, uh,
3: You know, I don't think of it as an ongoing series, but it is. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Since it started in 2013, I put it in my new series for 2013 category. I put it in both. Well, I'm going to go with it. Uh, So East
2: of West is my vote for a favorite ongoing series. But even with that... um, well, it's already won an award, so yeah. it's okay. Oh,
1: it, it won't oh, cry tonight. Paul, oh, we could always edit out uh, Tim and Wayne's vote. And- <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I have to say it really surprised me if I run her up was Afterlife with Archie.
1: We don't it have just- – uh- we don't have Waterhouse Coopers here to audit the voting, so you know we could manipulate this in any manner we wanted to.
3: Oh, my God. <laughs> Guess who just walked in? It's Mr. Waterhouse himself. <laughs> he's here to verify the voting. Oh, wait. He's handing me an envelope. It's a pierce.
1: <laughs> See, that edits right out. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: so, Superior Spider-Man is our winner for Best Ongoing Series
1: 2013. You know, I got to say, 2013 fantastic year for comics.
3: It was a great year. I, it I'm, really I'm, was.
1: Holy shit! It was a good year for comics. I and I'm excited about 2014. All kinds of good stuff coming out.
4: I'm yeah. reminded. Of some of the, I'm reminded of some of the conversations we've had throughout the of the year where um, we just disagree with each other, and it was a great conversation. Um, Death of the Family was one of those. Um, you know, the death of Damian Wayne was, was, a was a good conversation. I thought, um, you know, it's, it's, it's been good. It's
3: been a good year for us, I think. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's been, you know, I, I've missed, uh, what half a year, uh, unfortunately, and I'll continue to miss while I go through school, but, um, exactly. It's been a great year for us. I can't imagine it only contributes <laughs> to the excellence of the podcast with me being gone. Um, thanks Wayne. Uh, <laughs> So, but, you know, I, I, even when I'm not here, I love listening to you guys and, and argue. And, and I, there have been more than one occasion where I've screened that, that how Paul is wrong or Wayne is wrong at my iPod. So, whew, Tim, he agrees with us. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Usually. <laughs> Usually.
1: Well, I, we just know that Andrew is down with the Aunt May sex. So, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ha ah, good times. Well, okay, so it's not on the agenda, but let's ask one question before we go. Sure. Uh, what are you looking forward to most in 2014? And I can tell you, for me, I am I am thrilled to death with the uh, Jim Starlin original graphic novel coming out about Thanos. I cannot wait. Paul, hmm.
2: that's uh, it's tricky because uh, of what's been announced. What am I most looking forward to in 2014? Is it the Guardians of the Galaxy movie? Is it the Captain America movie? Is it Jim Starlin original graphic novel? I'm going to go with. um I think I'm going to go with the Jim Starlin original graphic novel also, Aaron. And it's pretty exciting. It is very exciting. I'm going to
3: have um, to go. Okay. Go ahead. No, no,
2: go ahead. No, I was just going to say, you know, it Jim Starlin hasn't been, you know, hasn't done anything with Thanos in years. And so, you know, to see him back on that character and, you know, Reconnecting with those stories that I loved growing up, those Infinity Gauntlet stories, that that you know that that scratched me right in the right spot. Oh yeah, you're saying? Wait, Andrew?
3: I you know for me, uh, I, I guess I have two. One is um, watching the full uh, series of Infinity come to Marvel Unlimited, so I can read it and see if I agree or disagree with you guys. And then the other would be, uh, man, Winter Soldier comes out in like two uh, three months. I'm excited for some Winter Soldier.
1: It's going to be good stuff.
3: Oh, yeah. Andrew? Andrew?
2: I mean – uh, <laughs> the, wait, the, wait, <laughs> Okay, I'll go.
3: I, I've got some more. <laughs> Hold on. Um, no. Go, go Wayne.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, there's a lot that's coming out that's really got me excited. Movie-wise, of course, there's Captain America and Guardians. I mean, I'm looking forward to both of them a lot. Comic-wise, I want to see what happens with the end of Forever Evil. Uh, I want to see what's going to happen next with Injustice Gods Among Us.
2: And it's There's some good stuff coming up, hopefully. Ooh, can I change my vote? I'm going to change my vote. As much as I'm looking forward to Jim Starlin, I'm really looking forward to that Flash TV series.
1: No, you sorry. can't change your vote, sorry. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to that, too. No, you can't. I'm sorry. You can't look forward to it. Okay. You can't Wait, even anticipate it.
3: When is oh. that supposed to come out, Paul?
1: Fall. Uh,
4: fall. Okay.
3: All right. Timmy? Uh,
4: can I say a little child shall eat them seven or eight?
3: Yeah, you can. <laughs>
4: yes, you can. You can. Uh, all right. Uh, I think I'm going to go with that. Although um, I have a friend who really likes 1940s Boy Scout Captain America, and I think I'm going to they're going to break his brain with Winter Soldiers from what I've seen, and I love it. <laughs> <laughs>
3: The
2: deal. There's a lot to look forward to this year. I mean, we're going to have more Knights of Rainsboro, which is always a good thing. You promise? Uh, I, I do. I do. Sweet. Season 3 is on its way. Um, you know, And I'd imagine sometime in the next couple months, we're going to see, uh, at least probably by summer, we're probably going to see Batman and Superman in their costumes from the new Batman Superman movie. I'm looking forward to seeing that. Very yep. Exciting. Marvel's got their... Uh, they haven't announced the title of it yet, but a
0: series that starts with the Utah, the Watcher being found dead. That's going to be call interesting. Utah,
1: <laughs> watu. watu, watu, watu.
0: Whatever.
1: <laughs> the Watchers found well, dead. Utah is like, that Mormon Watcher.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to the big uh, Batman anniversary this year, right? 2014.
1: Yeah, and Batman with Aaron and Polly. In yeah. Nature. Oh, you mean I can finally do another podcast? Yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm looking forward to finding more people to make Paul's mom jokes because uh, having oh, Mike Mason join in on it was great.
2: Was Man poor. Man poor. <laughs> <laughs> well, and so starting off 2014 with next week's books, um, we've got some expensive ones next week. Um, all new Marvel Now point one comes out next week which features previews of when well, I say previews, I mean original stories, but you know, they, they feature the new series of Miss Marvel, The All New Invaders, which is the new James Robinson book, um, okay. Avengers World, Black Widow, uh, Dan Slot's new Silver Surfer book, and the new Loki book, Agent of Asgard.
1: I'm, um, not, that, I'm not how much is that book? Five ninety nine. Not picking it up.
3: Yes, sir. Is this, is this similar to the Marvel Now point one book that we bought together that had a picture of Black Nick Fury on the front yes. that cost us like seven bucks? Yep, correct. Yeah, I'm not buying this new one.
2: I'm not touching it either. I'm buying it, and someone can buy me a book, and I will give them the digital code, and we can split the cost if someone buys me a two ninety nine book. If I buy you a book, can I pick the book? No. I have been giving you, you codes know. for I've been giving
0: Look. you codes for the uh, the end of the ultimate universe, Paul.
2: Look uh, at. Look, Look at.
1: Calling in favors.
2: I know. <laughs> all right, so we're going to have that conversation offline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cuz Wayne makes a good point. All right, so all new Marvel Now Point 1 comes out next week featuring the previews of all those new uh, Marvel uh, books coming out. We've also got Avengers World number 1. Picking that up. What's, Heck yeah! What's that it, about? It's a uh, Jonathan Hickman and um, he's co-writing it with I believe. <sighs> do you remember who the co-writer on that one is, Aaron? It is Nick Spencer. Jonathan Hickman and Nick Spencer with art by Stefano Caselli, who was the artist on uh, that Spider-Man Ends of the Earth storyline.
3: I like that too. Yeah. Uh,
2: um, and it's their new, you know, uh, universe-centric Avengers book. Looking forward to that one.
3: But I'm going to need to read.
1: It's an Avengers world, and we're all just living in it.
3: I'm gonna need to read Infinity first, though.
1: Uh, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> I bet they reference. All right, go on. I'm sure. Um, now there is a new
2: Black Widow book coming out from Nathan Edmondson and Phil Noto. That's uh, in the all new Marvel Now. We're um, getting all new,
3: all new Marvel Now. When are they going to stop this naming strategy of Marvel <laughs> Now, New Marvel Now, All New Marvel Now? Jesus Christ, it's horrible. Yeah, we also have two cataclysm books: Ultimate Comics
2: Spider-Man Number Three and Ultimates Last Stand Number Three.
1: I'll pick Uh, up both of those.
2: Yeah, well, I won't, but you know, Wayne (laughs) will.
1: Well, you can go to hell, Paul.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, Wayne mentioned X-Men Battle of the Atom. Uh, Now, X-Men Battle of the Atom hardcover comes out next week as well. Uh, from DC Comics, Action Comics number 27, which was our winner from Most Improved Comic this year, from Greg Pack and Aaron Cooter. Cooter. <laughs> <laughs> we also. Aaron get, likes Cooter. Aaron um, <laughs> <laughs> Earth 2, number 19, comes out next week as well, um, which was another nominee for Most Improved Comic. Um, Detective Comics number 27 comes out next week, um, which is a seven ninety dollars 100-page comic book. Uh, featuring some of Batman's, you know, well, uh, some, featuring some of the most talented guys in comics. You've got Brad Meltzer, Brian Hitch, Frank Miller, Scott Snyder, Sean Murphy, Pete Tomasi, Paul Dini, Dustin Nguyen, John Layman, Jason Fabach, Neil Adams, Greg Hurwitz. Um, it's going to be an awesome, awesome book, and that's the anniversary issue that you mentioned earlier, Andrew.
3: Did you say Brian Hitch in your list of talented people?
2: <laughs> He's a talented guy. He just, you know, it's a short story, so I'm sure it'll still come out on time. All right, Brian,
0: uh, just doing stuff for uh, Jupiter's Legacy, and I love that book. So uh, I'll I'll give him some credit for that one. All
3: right, fair enough.
2: And um, you know, there's a ton of other stuff coming out, including you know, new issues for X Files and Star Trek Con. and um,
3: God,
2: <laughs> but nice try there. Oh, oh, and, and Sons of Anarchy for Tim. <laughs> um, and we've also got Afterlife with Archie number three. Looking forward to chatting about that one. It did not come out this week on Comicsology for me to read early like it did last issue. <laughs> and, uh, you know, of course, you know, more funny books goodness coming up in 2014. I think that might,
3: think that might have been my favorite podcast moment of the year when uh, when you got Afro-Tharchi a, a week before. I heard. <laughs> right, bastard. Bastard.
1: <laughs> Alright, well, you guys uh, Happy New Year, and uh, we'll see you next week. Absolutely. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast.
3: Let's leave it squealin' from the feelin', boys.